2: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
3: Yes, it is. Greeny rolling along with you here on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. And as we told you, and you just heard from Christine, some hopefulness in the baseball labor conversations. It's so the 90th day of the lockout today, but they had 16 hours worth of talks yesterday. They wrapped around 230 in the morning. They resume right around now. Their deadline, which was originally yesterday to avoid canceling games, has been pushed back to later today. There's still some issues they got to get worked out, but there's a lot of stuff for a baseball fan to be concerned about. And so, for the insight, we bring in the one, the only, the host of the Baseball Tonight podcast, Robert Stanberry, only the third. We affectionately know him as Buster. Good morning, Buster. What's up, Greeny? Why'd they move? Why'd this happen? I I was sitting here like the genius that I am yesterday saying they're nowhere close. The owners don't really want to make a deal. They want to drag this thing out and let the players get nervous and all that. And then all of a sudden I wake up this morning and I'm hearing that they actually moved significantly yesterday. What happened?
4: (laughs) Yeah. So I think that uh, on both sides, they looked at the other chicken they've been playing and the realization was, oh, my God, those guys are willing to drive off the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and they both did that, and, and I think they realized, you know what, if we let that happen, as Rob Manfred said, it's going to be a complete disaster for the sport, and so the owners, the side that had to move, you know, they were the side that gained so much financial ground in 2016 with that wipeout of the players and labor deal, they came forward with proposals. If you remember, Greeny, yesterday, you know all the, the updates we'd be getting from the talks from folks like Jesse Rogers— it was always the owners going to the players. <laughs> it was always one of the owners' negotiators going over to present new proposals. They moved on a lot of their numbers yesterday. Uh, you know, it certainly built some momentum in talking with sources this morning and, and you know preparing to go on television with you. I said, look, my sense is is that you guys aren't at the goal line, but you're at about the thirty yard line in these talks. Uh, you know, in an effort to get a touchdown, you still have some ways to go. And the response I got back was, yeah, that's about right. They do have some issues they do have to work through.
3: Okay, so I'm always hesitant to ask people like you to go through those issues. Cause I just don't know how much know. fans care, you know, like a competitive balance tax and all that kind of stuff. As far as the stuff that matters to fans, meaning the, you know, getting rid of the tanking, which I think has been a disaster for the sport, um, the, adding playoff teams or whatever the new playoff structure is going to be universal DH, the kinds of things that baseball
4: fans care about. What are we hearing about those? All right, uh, so the, the owners went into this wanting a 14-team playoff field, needing a 14-team playoff field. Uh, you know, They have a, a new playoff agreement with ESPN. Uh, that is not going to happen. Uh, it looks like that they're going to wind up settling on 12 teams, a 12-team playoff field, and so they'll have to work out a, a new deal with our, our parent company to make that happen. There's going to be a universal DH if, in fact, there's a, a deal – So National League teams will be looking at the likes of Nick Castellanos and Kyle Swarber, you know, maybe next year, J.D. Martinez, Nelson Cruz. Uh, You know, those are the big ones. And you mentioned tanking, and I agree with you. I've been writing about tanking for 10 years, which has become a real problem in the sport. There is very little that actually uh, addresses tanking in what we're hearing. Yes, there is, uh, you know, going to be apparently some sort of a draft lottery system like they have in the NBA, will that be seven teams? Uh, that isn't going to deter teams like the, the Baltimore Orioles from tanking. Uh, and I've actually been surprised that there hasn't been more discussion around, you know what, we have to find ways to compel teams like the Orioles to spend money. Think about this. As we sit here today, Greeny, the Orioles' projected payroll for 2022 in terms of commitments is less than what the Yankees are going to pay Garrett Cole. It may be that the Orioles will have a lower payroll than what Garrett Cole will make uh, for the 2022 season. Mm. It doesn't look like there's anything specifically that's going to address that. I joke. think that's a mistake. That's a joke.
3: It's a huge mistake. And Buster, here, here's the part of this that I get frustrated with, and this is not unique to baseball. I understand that the people who own these teams um, are have, have made enormous investments in them and that they're they can... It would be foolhardy to ask them not to treat this like a business. But there are there is also an element of stewardship that is involved here. These are all incredibly rich people who could have invested that money in any number of other things, knowing that those things might have turned out to be more lucrative. Um, There is an element of stewardship and investment in the future of the sport that I think, if nothing else, an honorable person would feel And some of these things that needs to be in and that stuff needs to be taken into account. If you have an American League in which, I don't know, five teams aren't trying to win, that is significantly hurting the the, the sport, the business and and, and the future of it. you may not feel it immediately, but you feel it in the future. And someone should be you should be too ashamed to do it. But unfortunately, Buster, we're finding out no one is ashamed to do it. So they need to put some rules in place. that keep them from doing it.
4: Yep. <clears throat> I had a, a, a general manager say to me over the last couple months, you know, how is it that we're in a place where there's incentive to lose? Mm-hmm. OK, uh, you know, incentive to do badly. And, and people, I think, assume that because of what we've seen in the NBA and the NFL, that, you know, teams are tanking because they want the number one pick. Now, that's only the little cherry on top. If you're an owner who is focused on making money, the real uh, incentive for a team like the Orioles is not because they want to have the first pick. The real incentive is they get to cut their payroll to an absolute bare minimum, as they have in recent seasons, and pocket all the money while pretending that they're having a major league product out there. Does anyone really believe that the leadership of the Orioles cares whether or not they're competitive? Apparently not, because they're looking at you know what uh, you know another season where they can lose 110 games. And they're not the only team, and it's embarrassing for the sport. I've been shocked the last four or five years that the owners, management side, hasn't gone to the union and said, you know what, this is a bad look for all of us. Let's put our heads together and try to figure this out. And that's that's right.
3: They, they should be, a, like I said, if someone isn't ashamed on their own, then we need to shame them, and we'll try and figure out a way to do it. Screeny Company Live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Meanwhile, let's have some fun. You were telling me this morning on the TV show that – Whenever a deal gets done by the two sides, and I guess it's not inconceivable that it could happen today or very soon, that chaos in a good way is going to break out because there are, I'm not going to put the words in your mouth, how many players waiting to be signed right now to fill out all these rosters?
4: It's unbelievable. There are uh, something in the range of 300 players that are going to be available uh, whenever the transactions are approved again, whenever the teams get the okay, to pursue free agents, to make trades, uh, and there are going to be a lot of big names. At the top of the list is Freddie Freeman. You know, there was a presumption in the industry that Freddie would go back to the Braves. That feeling is dissipated. We'll see if the Braves step up and you know add to the offer that they had on the table before. Uh, the Oakland Athletics are perceived by other teams to be ready to go with a series of trades of stars: Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, uh, those type of guys. Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, two All-Star shortstops. They need to find homes. You know, may, will the Red Sox be involved? Will the Astros be involved? There are going to be a ton of relief pitchers looking for jobs, including Kenley Jansen. we got to find out what's going to happen with Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> Look, you know, the way I've described the, the labor situation in baseball, it's like there's a lot of dumb, smart people who put themselves in this position, and they are going to be, uh, I think, owe a lot to uh, – you know the the fact that they're, they're going to be happy with the fact that we're going to be talking so much about this crazy number of transactions over the next three weeks and not have time to talk about the colossal mistakes that they made to get baseball to this point. Well,
3: I mean that that's fair, but but I mean I think fans. This labor stuff, it is at least my overall perspective that until they start, you start missing games, fans aren't really that concerned about it. So there will have been a, some element of no harm, no foul for all the rhetoric, for all of the joking that we've done about the stories on MLB.com and everything else. If they don't miss any games, then, then well, I guess I'll ask you. Has there been any real damage done if if they work out a deal today or tomorrow and spring training starts, you know, whenever it is, a week or however long it takes to get that going, and they start the season basically on time? Will there have been any real damage done by this?
4: Yes, there will be, and I'll tell you how. Uh, you know, the fact is, is that during this time, because the owners chose to lock out the players, they have not had an opportunity to sell tickets. We've already heard stories yesterday. You know, Derek Jeter leaves the Marlins because the owner – is backing off, you know, the thought that he's going to spend money mm. in free agency in the spring. I don't think the Marlins are going to be alone in that. I think a lot of teams are going to back away because they haven't been able to sell tickets. And you know who's going to pay for that? The middle class of players. They are going to get destroyed. Mm. Supply and demand are going to work against the likes of, you know, relief pitchers, uh, you know, first baseman, maybe Anthony Rizzo, where they're <laughs> they're not going to get nearly the deals that they may have otherwise expected. And guess what? That's only going to feed into the anger of the players, which is already high. Uh, And I I think that's the big concern for baseball moving forward. Whenever they make this deal, they have to figure out a way to make this relationship between management and players better to put the sport in a better trajectory.
3: Fair enough. Uh, Buster, outstandingly uh, done. If there's any other news, you know, you'll keep your ear to the ground. You'll let me know. Otherwise, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. All right, Greeny. That's Robert Stanberry, only the third. You know, starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. We've got I'm sorry, what? And then Brian Windhorst, my man, Windy, on the way. Stay there. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio.
5: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/Greeny G-R-E-E-N-Y.
2: Greeny, the podcast.
5: All right,
3: this is Greeny here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. A reminder, you can tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, which brings you a deep dive into a single story from one of our hundreds of reporters every day, presented by Supercuts. It's available wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right, Wendy is coming up here. We'll do some hoops with him, but in the meantime. I'm sorry. what? 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 I'm sorry. What what? I'm sorry. What?
2: I'm sorry, what?
3: Got some sound bites that I think you need to hear here because there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. We we touched yesterday, um, uh, Nuno, on Ramona Shelburne's comments that the fans of Los Angeles, to some degree, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but to at least some degree, view LeBron James as a carpetbagger, as someone who shows up at the very end of his greatness, which he clearly is. He's he's still in his prime. He's still playing great, but he's got to be approaching the end of that. And he had all his years in Cleveland and won his ring and had all his years in Miami and won his rings and comes to Los Angeles and got them a championship. But at the end of the day, I think there is a a suspicion on the part of fans there that he came because of the name on the front of the jersey, because of the city where they're played, because of the access and proximity to a lot of other things in his life that LeBron is interested in, in Southern California. So I don't think they've embraced him or or, or should be expected to have embraced him the way they did some of the other Laker legends, ones who were there much longer. LeBron James as a player historically certainly ranks with Kobe Bryant and Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's that level of player, but he is by no means that level of Laker, nor did he ever have any reasonable chance of being that. Is that right, Nuno? I completely agree. Right. There's no, it just wasn't on the list of options. So when things start to go bad, Kobe Bryant wasn't going to get booed by Laker fans. That's just not on the list of options. Not after he accomplished and gave them everything that he did. If you booed Kobe Bryant at a Laker game, they should take your tickets away. I said the same thing about New England with Brady and and some of the very special few. But I don't have have a problem with them booing this Laker team because A, they are eminently booable, and B, not a one of them, even with the championship in the bubble, has built up that kind of equity. Having said that, Shaquille O'Neal, who knows a little something about winning championships in L.A., was on CNBC this morning, and he said the Lakers should be very wary of letting LeBron go anywhere before his career is over.
2: If you trade LeBron, you'll never win again. So you have to, you know, make a decision. If you put LeBron around the the right guys, he's definitely going to win. So, you know, I think whoever put that team together needs to step up and, and try to fix it and you know maybe the guys could try to salvage the season by just saying hey we got 20 games left let's just play play hard every game and you know see where we can take
3: it let's just sort of put the rest of this season aside no no the, the, the lakers aren't accomplishing anything of consequence I, I have no faith whatsoever in anthony davis to return healthy or to be a dominant player if and when he does He hasn't given us any reason to be. The Russell Westbrook acquisition has been just an unbridled disaster. There's no other way to look at it. LeBron is still playing great, but he's no longer good enough. I I shouldn't even say it that way. Maybe he is good enough. They're not carryable. I was going to say, at his age, he's not good enough to carry this team anywhere meaningful. Maybe this team is not carryable. Maybe 27-year-old LeBron couldn't have either. So one way or another, they're probably going to wind up in the play-in that's a crapshoot anyway, so maybe they get into the first round of the playoffs and they get worked by Phoenix or Golden State or Memphis. That, that, that is my projection for the rest of their season. Do you disagree with that at all? No,
6: I don't think LeBron, at this point in time, with the team that's surrounding him, has the ability to carry them. I mean, I agree with you. Has doesn't have the ability to carry them through one of uh, through a playoff series.
3: Yeah, are odds to win the championship, Lorenzo is putting up on my screen, according to Caesars. Their odds when the season began were 4-1 to one to win the championship. They're now 40-1. to one. What a fall. What a plummeting. I mean, this is a team that was a favorite, a prohibitive favorite in many people's minds to win the West. So the question is, if you're the Lakers, if you're a Laker fan, if you're thinking to yourself, are you thinking to yourself, Nuno, my vision for this franchise is to rebuild and try and win another championship around LeBron— or is it to allow the LeBron era to come to an end and start figuring out what the next iteration of championship Lakers is going to be? Which do you choose?
6: I think the Laker fans are savvy enough and they've won enough to realize that there isn't much you can do around LeBron that's going to, you know, get you that championship based upon the way that West—actually, not actually the whole NBA is, right? Um, so— And I think the biggest disappointment for them is Anthony Davis. That that was the guy you thought would lead you to that next your your next chapter in the franchise history, and he's not that guy. So you have to blow it up and just say thank you for that championship. We're not going to get to 18, right, and surpass the Celtics right now. Like we're just good. Let's figure this out.
3: There was a game not long ago. Look, Anthony Davis is always hurt. And that's just the reality. But even when he's there, there was a moment in time, not so long ago, Nuno, when if you had polled people and said, you could start an NBA franchise with any one player in the world right now, who would it be? And I think the most popular answer would have been Anthony Davis, right? There was a moment in time where that existed. Now, since then, he has developed a, a well-deserved reputation for being injury prone. But even beyond that, I'm thinking of a game, and I don't have a quick second to look it up, but you could look it up for me, Nuno. In between his injuries, so about a month ago when he was still playing, the Lakers played the Bucks, and Giannis obliterated them. And Anthony Davis was still playing. Look up that game for me real quick, if you will. It, it's, it's within the last few weeks. It was shortly before um, Anthony Davis got hurt. And and that was that game where Giannis went completely crazy. When you, let me know when you have it and read me the numbers, read me Giannis's stat line in that game. So
6: yeah, it was February eighth. So less than a month ago. Less than a month ago. Yeah, Giannis was scored forty four points, had fourteen rebounds and eight assists in a Bucks win. And what did he shoot from the floor? Well, he was seventeen of twenty from uh, seventeen of twenty that game.
3: Seventeen. And how many minutes did Anthony Davis play in that game? Anthony Davis played thirty seven minutes. So he played the whole game. He played the whole game face to face head to head with Giannis and Giannis went 17 of 20 for 44 points how how many points did Anthony Davis score
6: Anthony Davis stat line was 29 uh 22 points 9 rebounds in 37 minutes
3: oh so he that's only okay like for for an all-time 75 he's on the all-time 75 list right at the age of how old is Anthony Davis 20 what Anthony's uh, Anthony Davis will be 29 this month. 29 28 years old and they put him on the all 75 team. And he is so so that's not good enough. Like he just hasn't been good enough. This was the acquisition of Anthony Davis was supposed to be LeBron's ability to pass the torch, which is to say maybe LeBron carries Anthony Davis to a championship and then they switch places a year or two down the road. And it's Anthony Davis who becomes the dominant player. And LeBron is the second best player on the team. And they keep winning championships. It's a good idea. But Anthony Davis hasn't held up his end of the bargain. In my opinion, perhaps because he's hurt so much, I think, Nuno, that Anthony Davis has received less... I guess I'm going to go use the word criticism because I can't think of a better word. Has received less criticism considering the circumstances than practically any player I can think of in the NBA, considering his stature and the expectations and everything else. I I am somewhat sometimes surprised at how little criticism he gets. What do you think, Nuno?
6: Uh, I completely agree with you, but that's the LeBron effect. So that's why, even if, if I'm Anthony Davis, I want out once I know LeBron is done because he won't be able to handle that pressure of being the Lakers star franchise player because, as you're saying, he keeps he's always hurt. So, like, if I'm Anthony Davis, I probably welcome a trade in you know this summer just to get away from that in that pressure.
3: And then, look, with his injury history, I don't know what you get for him in a trade. I mean, look, he when healthy, he's obviously an outstanding player. I'm not trying to suggest he isn't that, but when you factor in, I mean, he's not Giannis, he's just not. He looks like he's built like Giannis, but he's not. And he hasn't he hasn't taken his game to where Giannis has. So I, it'd be interesting. The Lakers have a lot of big decisions to make. We'll talk about that and more when Wendy joins us after this word from ZipRecruiter. You know, according to research, 90% of employers plan to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority this year. After all, a happy workplace, like one that allows for flexible schedules and focuses on culture, is key to attracting and keeping great employees. If you need to add more employees to your team, there's ZipRecruiter with technology that finds the right candidates for your job and proactively presents them to you so you can easily review them and invite your top choices to apply. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com Greeny at ZipRecruiter.com G-R-E-E-N-Y. Windy next on ESPN Radio.
1: Greeny, the podcast.
3: All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. And reminding you, you can try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G and America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. We are speeding down the home stretch of the NBA season, which got good in a hurry. People were calling it the dog days, it feels like, not so long ago. And all of a sudden, there is just utter madness in this league and a mad dash to get to the the finish line here. And it's going to be very interesting to follow where it goes. And for the insight into all of that and more, my main man, Wendy, is back with us. Brian Windhorst on ESPN Radio. Hello again, Wendy. Hey, Greeny, how are you? Uh, I'm fine. And I want to pick up with what what is really the story of the day. And, and that is... John Morant, um, we we Mm -hmm. opened the TV show with it today. We actually got into a, accidentally, or organically, got into a lengthy debate over which of his two plays from last night was more spectacular. Um, And you know you're having quite a night when that's the big debate on the talk shows the next day. He (laughs) had the ridiculous dunk on Jakob Pertl, and he had the unbelievable body control shot at the end of the half. But be that as it may, like how would you put into words, how would you describe the little stretch here and the season in general that John Morant is having?
0: Well, I don't want to do the jobs of our bosses because that's how you get run out of here. But I would hope that some folks uh, are looking at ways to find out how to get John television, national Mm -hmm. television more. Mm -hmm. This guy is going to be a staple going forward because just about every game, he does something that drops your jaw. You know, that's one of the things I used to say about LeBron is if you come to see LeBron play, he will do something, even if it's in warm ups, that you will be talking about for years to come. And that's where we are with Ja right now. And look,' it's, it's hard for me to frame just what this Grizzlies team is. I, I've been so impressed with the way that they play as a unit and their confidence as a unit and I've, I've spent some time talking to some of their front office. I've, t- I've talked to a couple of their players. They, are, they play without fear, and that is not something that you see from a young team. And they're sitting there going, look, the Warriors are struggling a little bit. They were 500 in February. They don't have Draymond Green. I don't know when Draymond Green's coming back. The, the Suns are going to get Chris Paul back, but with Chris Paul out, you know, they're they're not quite the same team. They've lost a couple in a row. If you're the Grizzlies, you're saying, What can we do? What sort of blood do we smell in the water in this Western Conference? The Lakers, we thought were going to be a contender. They're out. I mean, Des Bain, they played that game in LA a, a month ago, and Des Bain, you know, clowned the Lakers, said, um, You don't hear those, fo- I'm not afraid of those footsteps. Um, and they've gone nothing but takeoff since then. They are a fascinating team. And here's what people should understand about them. They've got cap space, Greeny. Mm-hmm. They've got cap space. Now, I don't know if, if a free this free agent class isn't very deep, but they can improve this roster. Their, their young guys aren't being paid yet, aren't being paid the big money. Here's something else people don't know about them. Their owner, Robert Pera, completely unknown in the NBA. Nobody sees him. He stays under, under, under wraps. He's become one of the richest NBA owners in the last decade. His company has exploded in value. He went from being one of the poorest NBA owners to one of the richest. He's in position, if he wants to, to pay for this team. This is not a small market team necessarily anymore. The guy, the owner has deep pockets. They could be at the beginning of something here everyone's got to stay healthy you can't be for sure but get in on the ground floor of the memphis grizzlies
3: now he, he his i just looked him up when you said it forbes estimates his net worth at 14 and a half billion dollars uh which is a sentence that's I a love.
0: memphis owner
3: yeah the memphis. memphis owner yeah it's a sentence yeah. i'd love someone someday to speak of me <laughs> uh but that having said that you need to work some more jobs greeny that's the problem you don't uh, work hard enough. well i mean this guy 14 and a half billion dollars but, but, but yeah. back to ja for a second I just want to make sure everyone listening is also aware that John Morant will turn 23 in August. He will go through the remainder of this season and the postseason at the age of 22. And I think they're going to catch Golden State. I think they have a real chance to be the two seed in the Western Conference, which if you consider where they've come from to where they are right now, where will that put him on your MVP ballot, Wendy?
0: Yeah, you know, I just we just did, you know, Tim Bontemps on our staff does mm-hmm. this straw poll and the reason it's important is because he talks to the actual voters. Mm-hmm. And he talks to a hundred of them. He doesn't talk to ten. He talks to a hundred and probably about ninety of those people will actually have a vote. And Ja was not in the top four. And so that would, that just came out like ten days ago, right before the All Star game. Right. And so, you know, I would say with what Embiid is doing and what Jokic is doing, it's gonna be hard for the for him to get up in there. But that doesn't mean he's not going to be an MVP, and it's got going to be an MVP in in the short term future. the The thing about Memphis that has really impressed me they just they didn't start off the season very well. Uh, Jaron Jackson was coming off of an injury; he wasn't playing that great. They had a couple of injuries early. They were playing bad defense, and they had a meeting they they had a They had a bad game where they gave up like 140 points or something, and they were in Salt Lake, and they had a a meeting. You know, and you hear about these players only meetings sure. all the time. But this one was an hour and a half long and they went at each other and they emerged from that meeting and they've lost like seven times since. This Mm -hmm. was like right around Thanksgiving. And when you talk to the players, their confidence level is wild. It's almost like irrational confidence, like they don't understand that they shouldn't really be up at this level. I'm a little bit worried about them in a playoff setting, Greeny, because they play with a lot of up-tempo, a lot of speed, and we know that in the postseason the games slow down, whether you want to or not. And also I think the game plan on Ja in a series is going to be put him on his backside ten times a game, uh, really beat him up. So I do think that there's a learning curve they're going to have to go through in a playoff setting, but again, they're all young. They have three excellent players. And they have salary flexibility. They can add to this team. You just need somebody. It doesn't have to be a superstar, but you need a player to say, I want to go play in Memphis, and they can make it happen. They have three, potentially three, first-round picks in this draft, Greeny. Even if they wanted to go shopping with their draft picks in their cap space, it wouldn't necessarily even have to be a free agent. That's what is so impressive about this team is their upward mobility.
3: Okay, fascinating. And I'm learning here as we go. John Morant is not the only thing to be excited about for that franchise. Greeny and Windy here with you. Let's go over to the top of the Eastern Conference quickly. I do want to get a quick thought in on the Lakers at the end. But let, let's go to the really good stuff. What is going to happen in Brooklyn, right? I mean, I, I know you don't know whether Kyrie Irving is going to be allowed to play home games or not by the time we get into the playoffs. But to what degree will that shape? your projection of what their postseason will look like? And what do you expect Ben Simmons to be for them whenever he gets on the court and starts playing and into the playoffs?
0: So I was with the Nets on Saturday night in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. They had a really good win. They shut down Giannis down the stretch. It was really surprising to see Giannis not be able to impact that game. And Greeny, after the game, you know, we're not allowed in the the locker rooms these days, but I was standing outside the locker room and – there was a lot of celebration with the Nets. The, the music was turned up loud. They were yelling. They were having a great night um, because, number one, they thought it was a great win. They lost 13 out of 15, so the win in Milwaukee was huge for them. Two, they were under the belief that an announcement was going to come from New York City early this week that was going to clear the way for Kyrie Irving to play in home games. There was momentum in that direction. Kyrie was very excited. Kyrie went so far as to say after that game, he, he thanked Adam Silver for taking one for the team. He, he, he put Adam Silver on his team mm. uh, for what Adam said about the mandates in New York City. I'm not sure, sure that's what Adam wants, but that's where Kyrie's mind was at. So after that momentum, now the announcement comes and it doesn't look like Kyrie is going to get that clearance. And I am told that, I mean, this has been reported elsewhere as well, but I am told that Ben Simmons should now be considered week to week which means not this week and likely not next week. So we're now going to be into mid-March probably at the earliest because his back is now acting up on him, says the Nets. Um, So uh, it just stops and starts with them. So Durant should be back this week. You know, history would tell me, Greeny, that it would be ridiculous to bring in major pieces of a team in March and all of a sudden that all fall into place, especially if they're – Having to play from the back of the field, like you know, seven or eight or six seed, so I I'm I, I feel a little bit awkward about where they're at, but they have Durant, they have Irving. If eventually he's allowed to play in home games, which that door is still open, they still
3: can do some major damage. I just am not optimistic about it at this point. Yeah, and, and the Simmons of it all, like what exactly do we expect him to be? Because when we go back and and you can't always. Distill a player's career down to one moment or one series, but with Simmons, it clearly is so much about that. His complete lack of willingness to be an offensive option in that series they lost to Atlanta last year suggests that in games in which they don't—if there are games in which they don't have Kyrie, like half of them—they um, didn't. They didn't trade for their second option. You know what I mean? Like, like James Harden was that. Uh, ben Simmons is not going to be anywhere close to that. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how that looks. I, I guess this is a long-winded way of my saying, I feel like ultimately the decision on Kyrie is going to determine everything. If Kyrie is able to play all their games, I like the Nets to win the East. And if he isn't, then I don't. Does that make sense? I just think, I think if you have a team with Kevin Durant
0: on it, anything is possible. Yeah. If you told me that the Nets were in the finals, I wouldn't try to talk you out of it. I just think there's so many preposterous variables with this team. It's hard to see how it all aligns. I mean, I see it all on the board, and I can shove it into a shape that makes sense. It's just hard for me to see how it all aligns especially as I look down there at Miami and see how well they're playing and that they've got a stretch coming up here where they play 10 out of 11 at home. And I think they're a shoe in to get the number one seed. And I see how Philly is playing. And I know that Giannis is almost unstoppable when he's at the top of his game. And I think they got to somehow figure out a way to beat all three of those teams possibly without home court advantage, without knowing what Simmons is going to be. You're right, Greeny, but I can't sit here and say that I'm optimistic.
3: All right, fair enough. Uh, One more thing with you, Wendy. Before you came on, we were talking about the Lakers because Shaquille O'Neal was on CNBC today, and he said, well, I'll play it for you. The the, the idea was, the question was essentially can, they were talking about the the, the Lakers getting booed the other night, can they win with LeBron, and Shaquille O'Neal issued this cautionary message.
2: If you trade LeBron, you'll never win again, so... You have to, you know, make a decision. If you put LeBron around the, the right guys, he's definitely going to win. So, you know, I think whoever put that team together needs to step up and and try to fix it. And you know, maybe the guys could try to salvage the season by just saying, "Hey, we got 20 games left. Let's just play play hard every game, and you know, see where we can take it."
3: So, if if, if you get rid of LeBron, you are doomed. W- what is your sense of all this? No, no one has been around LeBron James longer than you have. You have a, a really good understanding. Of, of his psychology and his mentality approaching this kind of stuff. What, what is your sense of the LeBron of it all in L.A. looking beyond this season?
0: Shaq is right. It would be a terrible move, not only for your short term, but for your long term, because when you'd want to recruit stars to play for you in the future, they would know that you, that you did that to one of the all-time greats. Uh, There was a reason why the Lakers gave Kobe Bryant a $50 million contract, even though he had a torn Achilles. It was because it was important to show that they take care of their players. That's meaningful in a place like L.A. where you're trying to get stars. And at the end of the day, Greeny, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, when healthy and focused, are two top top ten players in the league. If you have two top 10 players in the league, you have a chance. The rest of the situation is a mess. Um, the, the, the management around this roster has been poor. LeBron is involved with that, absolutely, but he does not bear the sole responsibility. Just as LeBron helped deliver the championship um, and he got help from the front office there, the same is true here. Um, there is, if you get Anthony Davis back healthy and you have LeBron and you get into a play-in situation, I like your chances in a one-game thing, and then you get into a playoffs, and then you fight. Um, Obviously, their situation is not great. It's a big disappointment. But before LeBron James walked into L.A. and said, I'm going to play for you in 2018, they were in the wilderness for six years. No playoffs, six years. Consecutive, three consecutive years, top two picks, None of those things were able to get them out and back into relevance until LeBron James walked in the door. And he didn't walk in the door because of great management or or anything like that. He wanted to be in L.A. and he wanted to play in the purple and gold. And so you have to stick with that and ride it until, until forevermore. And one of the things that became clear in the wake of the All-Star game was that LeBron didn't really want to leave L.A. He just wants to pressure L.A. That's why he tried to walk back his comments a little bit because he doesn't want to leave the Lakers. He just wants the Lakers to exhaust everything to to, to make sure that his teams are the best. The same thing happened in Miami, and after four years, the organization was exhausted. Half the team retired. Cleveland, four years. Organization was exhausted. Dan Gilbert didn't trust him, ended up trading for a draft pick four years in LA the relationship is exhausted this is what it means to be with LeBron but guess what else happened in all those places they all raised banners Hmm. this is the grand bargain when you have LeBron James and if
3: you are the Lakers you do everything you can to stay in that bargain all right we'll see what winds up happening Uh, Wendy you're the best thank you as always um, for the the insight here I appreciate it I'll check in with you soon thanks my man have a great week all right, that's Wendy with the very latest there. So much going on in the NBA. It's a delightful little stretch. We have a delightful little home stretch of the NBA here the last month and change. Uh, the last week of the season is, is like April 10th-ish. And then we go into the play-in week, which we'll have on ESPN. Looking forward to that. And then go into the playoffs starting that third week of April. It, it, it really... I can't think of a year where it felt as completely wide open and as thoroughly competitive as it does right now. So that's good news. Maybe we'll get some good news from baseball as the day continues. And one way or another, we'll be back and better than ever tomorrow. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast.
2: You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.